Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Welcome back to Extra Shot, our weekly pod spilling the funniest stories in sport. On the pod today, rabid fans crucify Messi, Christian Horner's inappropriate photos, and John Terry's ludicrous training ground antics. My name's Jack Rivlin. I'm joined, as ever, by Zach Sweeney Lynch. Hi, Jack. Hi. I had a real urge to intro you there as ZSL. Yeah, you can do that. Kind of like KDB, you know. Yeah. Sort of. Yeah, we are we, we do operate in similar leagues in our respective fields. Yeah, so. yeah. <laughs> it's sort of the KDB <laughs> in the pod. Yeah. The creative hub. <laughs> uh big week this week, it's Super Bowl week. It is Super Bowl week and we have our Super Bowl special mm. out. Yeah, check it um, out if you haven't listened. NFL Rongans. NFL Rongans there is it does having having recorded that episode, it does make Premier League stars seem pretty tame. It's definitely less guns. Yeah, and crack. A lot of crack. A lot of crack. So two sports where a lot of cracks come up so far are snooker and now NFL. <laughs> what is the, what's the connection between those two sports? I would say that's the only thing they've can, got in common. Can oh, you, I've got another one. An interest in dogfighting among some, some of their players. True. Yeah. Is it a snooker, their snooker players yeah, in dogfighting? I don't know. I assume so. Yeah. <laughs> that must be <laughs> They spend a lot of time in pubs. Yeah, yeah. Are you going to be watching the Super Bowl on Sunday? Um, at what time is it on? It's Late, in Vegas. Right? So, so I think it'll be UK time like 11. Almost definitely not. Surely you're staying up for the halftime show. Oh, for the halftime show. Is Taylor Swift, there's some... set my alarm. Yeah, yeah set your alarm. Isn't there some, like, I haven't fully followed it, but there's some conspiracy theory that Taylor Swift is going to come on the halftime show and, like, use it to endorse Biden or something. Oh, I saw there was, I saw that was a conspiracy. I, I, I skim read an article about that and I thought that there was a conspiracy that the Kansas... City Chiefs are going to win and Taylor Swift will come out and it would be this like great American cultural moment and she would then I don't know maybe endorse Biden or endorse him later yeah uh, so I think we've been watching too much Fox News yeah. <laughs> again <laughs> she's but her boy her boyfriend is playing in, for the Kansas Travis, Chiefs Travis yeah, so Kansas that's the connection is, is she going to be performing do you I don't know actually. I don't know why I expect sure. you to know these <laughs> things yeah Usher oh so George George our producer says Usher is the Super Bowl halftime show, which is slightly lower calibre than very early noughties. But I feel like they've been scraping the barrel for a while. Like, I don't know, they had, I suppose Eminem and Dre was quite cool, but it was a bit sort of like, oh, you're all a bit older now and it's it's a bit... Pregnant Rihanna was pretty big. Mm, I I mean, obviously the one that comes to mind is always Janet Jackson, which, how was that such a scandal? Her her top fell down. Yeah, the, the wardrobe malfunction. But like... It wasn't even her nipple. She had like a star-shaped nipple cover on. 
Yeah. What what year was that? That was like early 2000s. Yeah. Right? You'd, think, you'd think by that time they were comfortable with a little bit of nipple on, they, on uh, primetime TV. Yeah, they can be quite puritanical. Also, it wasn't nipple. Yeah. Yeah. And it was a famous moment. Do you remember when uh, the Champions League had like Camilla Caballo singing? before a couple of seasons ago to try and recreate some of that Super Bowl vibe and everyone just booed throughout. Yeah. I remember so someone shit. saying at the time, it was like, why, why do they do this at big sporting events? It's like, you know, if, if Christina Aguilera was playing at the O2 or whatever, you wouldn't get like Messi to come out and do kick-ups on the pitch <laughs> beforehand on the, yeah. on the stage. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it, I think the whole halftime show thing is very lame. Anyway, looking forward to the Super Bowl. Yeah. We are. <laughs> Anyway, back to actual sports. Well, kind of. Um, last week saw Inter Miami take on Al Nasser in Riyadh. And this this match was billed as basically like football's answer to the last dance. So it was this like triumphant final showdown between um, Lionel Messi and Ronaldo. Obviously, it was, it was just a, a massive money spinner. So tickets in the lead up to the match were going for as much as $11,500 for hospitality tickets. But, you know, it was branded as this like last chance to see the hashtag greatest players of all time. Anyway, it was, it was a sellout and 30,000 prime swigging fans peeled themselves away from Logan Paul's Twitch stream to cram into the Kingdom Stadium and, and wave a cardboard goat sign at their heroes. But there was only one problem that both Messi and Ronaldo were out injured. So Cristiano Ronaldo was, was, uh, was sat up in the stands watching on like some sort of half interested Roman emperor watching a grizzly bear fight a rhino. (laughs) Messi somehow did make the bench despite being clearly not fit. So instead of, instead of those two world superstars, uh, fans were instead treated to goals from the likes of Mohamed Maran, Otavio and a hat trick from ex Guangzhou FC legend Talisca, <laughs> the great Talisca, the great, the great Talisca, <laughs> big in China. How many goals were there? There was it was six nil. So there was, to be fair, Imeric Laporte did uh, did score a free kick from his own half as well for <laughs> for Al Nasser, which was quite impressive. It was also the site of a, a very past their best Luis Suarez and Sergio Busquets um, playing for Inter Miami. But they, they, yeah, they couldn't couldn't help Miami from slipping to a six 0 defeat. Fuck! I wouldn't have guessed that result. No, I mean, I don't follow. I don't know, it, don't know what it says about the quality of the MLS. Although I think Inter Miami finished bottom. <laughs> yeah, no, surely not with Messi in the team. Did they? Did they? Oh, no, I think they actually picked it up, didn't they? they anyway, you yeah. can't. They, their fans can't be filled with too much hope for the, for yeah. the coming season. Did, um, is is uh, Harvey Neville still there? Harvey. Harvey no, Neville, Phil's oh, Phil's, I don't know, did he? Well, I remember Inter Miami had a friendly when Phil, Nan- Phil Neville was still manager. They had a friendly against Barcelona and Phil Neville said, this is the biggest game in the club's history. <laughs> and then in like the 80th minute, he just brought his own son on. <laughs> like, is it that big a game? <laughs> it's, it's the biggest game in my son's life. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, Messi, Messi did eventually drag himself off the bench and jog around for the final seven minutes of that match, which was more than he managed um, a few days later when Miami took on a, a Hong Kong 11. So in that match, neither Messi nor Suarez played at all. Busquets had a had a brief cameo off the bench. And apart from that, the, the biggest star on show was one-time Newcastle right-back Andre Yedlin. Ah, <laughs> American cameo. star. Yeah. Oh, true. Yeah, but they were playing in Hong Kong. So, <laughs> so yeah, throughout that match, the, the fans were chanting, we want Messi, we want Messi, which... Uh, in the final 10 minutes when they, they realised that Leo wasn't even going to make a little cameo, that switched to, 
refund, refund. <laughs> Fair enough. Yeah, I, I mean, you would be, you would be pretty, pretty pissed off. I saw um, one fan complaining that um, without without Messi and Suarez, this was basically like a Hong Kong Premier League match where they normally pay eleven dollars a ticket. <laughs> he paid six hundred and fifty. Did Messi at least like warm up for them? Or no, something? I don't think so. I think he like he did a sort of lap around the pitch, clapping, but <laughs> that was about it. David Beckham was wheeled out at full time to uh, to do a little speech on the pitch and like. I guess try and placate the fans and and thank them for coming and this is what happened. My favourite part of this was that after the game, the Hong Kong government released an official statement where they expressed their disappointment that Messi didn't play and also said... The organiser owes all football fans an explanation. <laughs> She's like, yeah, the explanation is he was injured. Yeah. <laughs> what do you want? It's one of the hazards of professional sport. Um, I mean, it's also one of the hazards of running these incredibly depressing, like, superstar clubs, Harlem Globetrotter style. Yeah. It's like, yeah, okay, the fans are just entitled children about it. But, like, you created that with these lame tours. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's quite indicative of modern fans or a certain breed of modern fans anyway that they don't even really support the club they just support the player mm-hmm. obviously nobody came there to see deandre edlin and co <laughs> um so so then the entire the entire match becomes kind of superfluous really they're just like yeah. acting out this charade of a football match when nobody really wants to be their players or fans yeah i mean equally you can't blame the fans for going i guess it's pretty exciting yeah did you see there was also a clip of like there was like a cardboard cutout of messi inside the stadium and this um kid just like kung fu kicks the head <laughs> off it it's really good yeah. do they now hate messi or are they just like i don't know i don't know ronaldo had as well because he missed a game in china an Al Nasser game, similar story. And all these Chinese fans like invaded the hotel where he was staying and were trying to get into his room. Oh yeah, I heard about that. Yeah. That's that's quite terrifying. Did yeah. they, do you know what happened? They, I don't know. I just saw a lot of people running around the hotel, like obviously all with phones in their hands filming. Yeah. I don't know if they made it to his room, but like, <laughs> what do they even want when they get to him? Just a photo. Yeah. It's, yeah, it's very strange. Outside of football, uh, the new F1 season is just a month away. I'm sure you're Ready for that, aren't you, Zach? Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah you're going to be in Bahrain throwing mint tea around the grandstand, I'm sure. Yeah, so we'll be, I'll be on the on the, on the the track, on the, doing the grid walk. <laughs> <laughs> well, a bit of excitement ahead of the new season. Red Bull, who are, I guess they're like the man city of F1 teams at this point. Uh, they're in a spot of bother because their team boss, Christian Horner, is under investigation for inappropriate behaviour. So the team, this, this came out on Monday, the team announced that... Um, that he was he was in a bit of trouble. And we're not sure exactly what Christian's done. The British press are all saying that it's for controlling behaviour towards an employee. But the German press are saying it was, quote, a photo sent to a female employee which crossed the line. Which Classic, classic case. You can probably use your imagination about what that means, but whatever it was, it probably wasn't a sneak peek at the latest computational fluid dynamic simulation. <laughs> <laughs> Close-up photos of their... Tire degradation analysis. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Although I'm trying to work out what could be controlling behaviour and also an inappropriate photo. Some sort of like passive aggressive meme. Yeah. <laughs> Sounds like nudes, doesn't it? 
Yeah, it does. Yeah. It does sound like Horner might be a horn dog, but uh, we obviously have <laughs> no idea. But a horn dog. Ain't nothing but a horn dog. We obviously don't know that um, yeah. at all. We're just going off these reports, so who knows what he is? He's being hauled in for some kangaroo court hearing inside um, Red Bull HQ in Milton Keynes on Friday, which I guess won't be on the next season of Drive to Survive. I presume <laughs> it's behind closed doors. <laughs> would be great, Telly. Yeah, that would. Just like them going through his texts. So they're, so they're doing what, I guess, so this is an internal inquiry. Yeah, I mean, it's quite so weird. So apparently this employee didn't complain to the team's HR team. She went to Red Bull, the energy drink, who yeah. owned the team, and complained to them. And then Red Bull, the energy drink company, just put out this statement saying, we're investigating him for inappropriate behaviour. And no one at the F1 team even knew until the mm. statement came out, which to me suggests something pretty bad because it means they're quite rattled and just like, shit, we need to get a statement out. Yeah. I mean, there's a lot of people gunning for Horner's demise because he's, he's a bit... Everybody hates him, right? Yeah, he's a bit of a smug bellend. I think it, mainly this has come from Drive to Survive where he plays the sort of, like, smiling villain who's always, like, having digs at people and just, like, quite cocky. Mm. There's quite a good clip, actually, which really exemplifies this. So Martin Brundle, who's the former F1 driver, is interviewing Horner at the Singapore Grand Prix, which was new at the time. This is a few years back. And um, he he's, he just says like a really innocent question to him, like, oh yeah, it's, uh, it's a great track, isn't it? And Horner can't resist making a little dig. Shame you're too old to have driven here, really. I am too old to have driven here, but... Uh, you would have liked it. Yeah. Shame you wasn't fast enough to get to Formula One. <laughs> <laughs> Zing! Absolutely great comeback from Brundle, because Horner never raced in Formula One. Okay. It's really good. <laughs> did uh, did Horner mean that as a as a jive at, at Martin Definitely, yeah. too old. Yeah, Zach. You know, when you get into your mid thirties and onwards, you'll know that mentioning someone's age is is a dick. <laughs> <laughs> it was definitely a dick. Do you know? Yeah, yeah. Maybe I'm being too kind on. Yeah, you Christian. are. I, I was basically being like, you're too old. Um, but yeah, no, great response from from old Brundle. Horner did do one thing which I really rate, which was um, Mercedes. There was some charity auction and Mercedes put up a prize, which was a tour of their F1 factory, which obviously like contains all their closely guarded secrets. And Horner just won the auction, submitted the top bid of four grand. It was like, <laughs> yeah, I'll have a tour of your factory. Yeah. They're like bitter rivals. Um, but so good. Yeah, Mercedes didn't see the funny side. They did. They, they, they didn't. Did they allow him? To no, they it? wouldn't let him. Really? They said it was against the terms and conditions. Oh, they could have. They could have got him back surely and done a sort of um, Willy Wonka chocolate factory style. Um, thing where what doesn't one of the what doesn't one of the guests like f- the the golden ticket holders fall into the chocolate and drown? Or Is that like Augustus that? Gloop? Yeah. <laughs> I believe <laughs> George, our producer, is nodding his head. <laughs> yeah, and something could have set something up like that. And, yeah, what, what happens to Veruca Salt? She gets turned into like a bubble, um, doesn't she? Yeah. <laughs> anyway, we await to hear the outcome of the hearing, uh, and we'll keep you abreast of all horn dogs antics as soon as we have them. But Pretty bad timing for them right before the F1 season. Yeah, and after... Because there was obviously Hamilton's move to Ferrari as well, which, I mean, neither Ferrari nor Hamilton have been very good in the last years, but uh, people were kind of saying that it's going to upset the balance in F1, potentially. That'd be great. I mean, it would be fun, yeah. Yeah. Anyway, there'll be more F1 excitement on our wrong-uns of F1 episode, which we're doing just before the start of the new season. Yeah. So very soon. Look out for that. Now, speaking of inappropriate messages to female employees, Mark Overmars, the former Arsenal midfielder, has been banned by FIFA until November from any footballing role. Uh, and his crime is sending 
unsolicited dick pics. Uh, so <laughs> are they ever solicited? Yeah, no, I mean, in, in our experience, <laughs> the upshot, you don't hear about dick pics if they're solicited. Yeah. <laughs> they're normally preceded by the word unsolicited. <laughs> and this is no exception. So Overmars was working at Ajax. He was like, he was sporting director and he was, he was kind of the genius behind a lot of their really smart transfer activity. But behind closed doors, he was also firing out dick pics to women who worked at the club. Um, and eventually these women submitted a formal complaint to the club where they revealed that his nickname among employees was Dirty Uncle Mark and Guilnief, which is Dutch for horny cousin. <laughs> it's a really horny cousin. That must be like a slang saying. Yeah, it's very creative. I like. Yeah, it. you sort of get the idea of what it means, um, I think. And they also said that he created a cock culture, which... I guess it's a pretty good description of someone sending pics of their dick around the office. <laughs> um, anyway, he got sacked by Ajax and um, banned from football by the Dutch Football Federation. So then he just decamped over the border to Belgium and joined Royal Antwerp, uh, who, like, I mean, setting aside the story, it was a bit of a coup for them because he's like, you know, very effective in the transfer market. But they got a bit of blowback and um, Royal Antwerp released this really hilarious statement where they said, we have a zero tolerance policy on this kind of behaviour, but we consider it a private matter that's been resolved, so we're hiring him. <laughs> I don't think that's a zero tolerance <laughs> policy, is it? Been resolved, you've been sacked. Yeah. Like, but if it's a zero tolerance, you don't just hire someone who's done yeah. I'd call that 100% tolerance. Um, anyway, so Antwerp, Antwerp got him in and the Dutch Football Federation then said to FIFA, we want Overmars banned from global football, um, which FIFA have agreed to do. So Mark can't work in football until November this year. It's not the longest ban, mm. but, you know, I'm sure he'll find ways to keep himself occupied. <laughs> yeah, he's good at that. <laughs> the old guile meef. Um, anyway, the uh, the Royal Antwerp players are on Mark's side. They're really upset about this. And after FIFA banned him, they, before a game, unveiled a banner showing support and it says in I think in Flemish it says Mark Overmars always behind you which to me sounds less like a supportive motto and more like a warning to Overmars's female <laughs> colleagues that is quite ominous very. Mark Overmars always behind you he's, he's behind you <laughs> yeah it's not very panto though what he actually gets up to so yeah, yeah. He's, he's a guy on Eve, dirty uncle Mark yeah, it's interesting is. these sort of like Premier League I don't really want to use the word legends in this context, but like he was a, you know, double, double winner, I think. Yeah, it's quite funny when you, you haven't heard the name for a while and then they just pop up. It's like, what, what's, wonder what Mark Overmars has been up to for the last decade. Yeah. Uh, oh, great. Getting his cock <laughs> out, mate. Wish I hadn't asked, actually. <laughs> <laughs> Meanwhile, Jens Lehmann's attacking people yeah. with chainsaws. Yeah. Well, that houses. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass!" So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. 
Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365 day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. So in the age of conniving super agents and teams flogging their academy players to meet FFP, the, the one club man is a bit of a dying breed, um, which... You know, it's it's a bit sad for fans, but on the balance of things, it's maybe not such a bad thing because look what it's done to John Terry. So Terry is back at back at Chelsea now, working as a youth coach. And last week, he posted a a picture of a plug socket at his training ground that was was switched on, so you know it has the like little red bit showing. And his caption was, "When I'm at the training ground, I have to switch these off because I hate the red in our building. I've done this every day as a player, also." which is just like one of these ridiculous displays of loyalty. But there was a pretty predictable response from uh, from Chelsea fans. So so one said, proper Chelsea that. Another one said, he just gets it. <laughs> just like... Just so, gets what? Colours? Like, yeah, he bleeds blue, that that JT. Who, who are the Reds and, uh, that they really hate? Just like United, Liverpool, uh, Arsenal, yeah, all gets, of them. Yeah. Does he also paint the white of the plug because it's Spurs? True, <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. I mean, as as moronic displays of fan loyalty go, that is like the nadir, isn't it? Yeah, it really is. I, Terry kind of strikes me as the kind of guy who he really appreciates people thinking that he'd, you know, like leave the pitch in a coffin for for his team. Yeah, well, I get that, but does anyone give a shit if there's a bit of red on the plugs? Yeah, probably. It's, it's quite OCD, really, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. Is he superstitious? I think he is. Is he? Yeah, I mean, is it? yeah, it kind of is a superstition, which actually reminds me of my my favourite footballing superstition. Actually, a second second appearance for Willy Wonka in this episode. There was <laughs> so um, uh, Melvin Kamara, who was a sort of journeyman player. I think he played for Huddersfield for a while, and his pre match tradition or superstition was that he had to watch the entire 1971 version of Charlie and the Chocolate Factory. <laughs> Every game. Every game. He sat down and watched it before every it's match. Like a couple of hours. Yeah, it's like, yeah. It is good, that version. It's, it's better than the new one. I yeah, think. the new ones are all shit, aren't they? Yeah, yeah that is, yeah. I, I guess I, I almost find that less mental because it's like he's doing a thing he enjoys, whereas the plug switching thing's just like... Yeah, it's very it's very obsessive. Yeah, it? yeah. It also reminds me of, do you remember when Carlo Ancelotti was Everton manager and he just posted a picture of his Christmas tree and there were like a few red baubles in it and loads of Everton fans were like, what's all that fucking red? You're a copite. Like, no, it's a Christmas tree and he's a well-adjusted grown-up. <laughs> yeah, because they, they made him take it down and put up a new one. Right? Oh, did so I, think, I think he posted another picture afterwards of a Christmas tree all with, with all blue. A blue Christmas Maybe tree. Maybe I'm making that up, but... Yeah, I mean, blue's not a very Christmassy no, colour either. Footballers like, love cold. shit trees. They always have really yeah, naff, like, have hotel all, all trees. White, all white trees. Yeah, really shit ones. Anyway, it's, uh, it's good to see Terry back in work because hopefully it will keep him away from some of his more nefarious money-making schemes. So I don't know if you remember during his, his playing days, he was caught 
um, offering secret tours of Chelsea's training ground for for ten grand. Um, <laughs> to who? What, like an to, undercover journalist? Yeah, yeah, a it, fake was, shake. It, was, it was a fake shake. It was actually it was, no, it, was, it was News of the World. It was an undercover News was of the World. Was it the fake journalist. shake? I don't know if they were dressed up as a shake at the time, but how it's such a weird scam. It was such they they were such like honey trapping bastards in the world. Mm. I feel the like they caught his mum doing like shop- she, she shoplifted. Yeah, and his dad was dealing drugs or something. Yeah. Were those stings? Or just, I don't know if just were, crimes being solved. Just, I think that was the police. That was the law it, enforcement yeah. officers. <laughs> it was the Metropolitan Police. Uh, yeah. Fair enough, as you were. <laughs> um, there was also. Do you remember during the? Uh, it was sort of the the, the height of the crypto boom and uh terry started flogging nfts of cartoon apes mm. so he was selling them um for for 539 pounds but they'd lost 99 percent of their value within five months <laughs> <laughs> well they they were like because obviously the bored apes were the big nfts they were like footballer versions yeah, the, weren't they yeah there was you one, could have like a john a chelsea one yeah it was john it was a sort of John Terry ape with the Premier League trophy, which I then I think then the Premier League forced him to take that one down because it had a had a oh, licensing, had the, yeah, had yeah. the Premier League trophy. I remember Michael Owen saw the John Terry one and then he had the solution. He was like, my he released his own NFTs and was like, my NFTs are the only ones that can never go down in value. And everyone was like, how's that possible? And you were banned from selling it for less than you bought it. So obviously, <laughs> people just can't sell them. That doesn't mean that doesn't mean they don't go down in value. They're worthless. <laughs> God, I forgot how many footballers piled into the NFT thing. Yeah, there I mean, were a lot. So did I, so I can't. Did you? Oh, mate. <laughs> you bought or sold? Oh, I, I I traded. I think I actually overall made money, but I have got some shameful purchases. Really? Like, of what? I bought a, with a friend. Was it was a John Terry ape. <laughs> I bought this ape that's uh, <laughs> CFC, <laughs> only blue. No, I bought this, it's, it's almost worse. It was, they were like playing cards, but it was a picture of a Mona Lisa on an easel. And apparently it was the first ever NFT depicting a woman. And it was called oh, painting yeah. in capital letters. And it was like, so expensive. You- we bought it with winnings. So I, I don't feel as stupid, but it was, it was winnings from what? From, from other NFT flipping, okay, which went well, a bit I better. I didn't realise you. Were. I made a little bit of money, nothing serious. But um, yeah, I've still got it. It's, it's fucking embarrassing. You've still get, got it. Where have you got it? Yeah, I still own it. it. So it's, it's still it's up on my up in my hard drive. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I mean, anyone can screenshot it. Obviously, <laughs> you know, the whole idea of NFTs is they're unique. But with this one, there were 120 versions of it or something. Oh, okay. so it's so not it's even, somebody else's one that's up yes, <laughs> not even unique. Yeah, but look, I was you know I was trading daily, so you know there were. Does winnings. anyone still? Um, buy NFTs now because mm. I remember hearing a lot about it a few years ago. The apes, it. the the. Board Ape, and whatever they're called, Board Apes, yeah, they still go for like 30 grand or really? something. Just not John Terry's one. Yeah, no, John Terry's <laughs> one's they're worthless, as are Michael Owens. <laughs> Michael <laughs> Owens deleted the tweet, I think, or John really? Terry did one of them. Did. So which ones are which ones are still on the market? And what, which football ones? Yeah, which ones are you currently... I feel like which ones are you currently have an auction one. Oh, uh, no, I'm out of the game, mate. Yeah. I'm out of the game. <laughs> it, it chewed me up and spat me out. <laughs> I'm clean these days. <laughs> Back to Good. playing poker against eleven-year-olds in China. <laughs> yeah. but anyway, back to back to John Terry. The the NFTs weren't even his uh, his most cynical scheme. So in twenty twenty one, Terry hosted this raffle on his Instagram, where uh, two winners, two lucky winners, would would get their hands on signed captain's armbands. So as you can imagine, thousands of entries flooded in from Chelsea fans around the world, and. After that, JT decided to pick out two lucky winners completely at random. And 
the two winners were two extremely fit girls <laughs> in their 20s. Um, and I, I assumed that JT was no doubt kind enough to deliver the prizes to them himself. I was going to ask, otherwise, what's the point? <laughs> like, as in like, if he's not meeting them, what's his, what's his angle of getting yeah, I don't know, to so, a fit so, uh, so when he announced the winners, he... he he screenshotted these two, two accounts, which kind of gave away his mm. uh, his his game. And the caption was like, DM me your address. <laughs> oh, <God>. <laughs> DM <laughs> my burner account. Yeah. <laughs> uh, all right, we're going to do a proper John Terry episode, aren't we? Soon. Yeah, with, we will. With JP, yeah. who yeah. I presume will be an absolute blinkered loyalist. Yeah, he's gonna he's gonna come out batting for batting yeah, for his boy. Someone We've got to. a should we give away the title? Yeah. So our so our producer George has come up with a, an excellent title. Do you, do you wanna John Terry, Captain Leader Bellend. <laughs> yeah, perfect. Is, my yeah. my magnum opus. I haven't told JP yet because I'm worried he won't show if he knows <laughs> it's, if he knows the title. Yeah, if he knows that it's a, a rigged jury. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, got got that to look forward to. But one person who isn't quite as dignified as John Terry and her loyalty to the blues is Isabel Silva, wife of, of Chelsea defender Thiago. So Isabel is pretty infamous in West London for her outburst at the club. Um, and the latest person to, to get two barrels from her is Chelsea boss Mauricio Pochettino. So after Chelsea's pretty dismal defeat to, to Wolves last weekend, when they were booed off the pitch by their fans, Isabel tweeted, it's time for change. If you wait any longer, it will be too late. So she's basically calling for for Pochettino to be sacked, um, which you know it's not it's not what you want coming out of your star players camp. Yeah, although she's um, got a point. <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah, she she does. Um, but Poch isn't the uh, the first manager to feel her wrath. So last year, uh, Isabel liked a tweet calling Graham Potter a deadbeat, tacticless coach who doesn't know what he's doing. <laughs> Um, the season before she, she posted a video of herself slagging off, um, struggling striker Timo Werner. She called him in that video, a, a verma, which means a maggot in Portuguese. Um, <laughs> it's quite a good little pun. Yeah. Well, she's yeah. like, oh, what's his name? Verna, Verma. Verma. Yeah. Um, I'd say in all, well, maybe not posh, but in the other two cases, she, they, she insulted them and then they were pretty swiftly gone. Yeah. Yeah. It's a bit of a canary in the coal mine yeah. when, when uh, Isabel comes for you. <laughs> um, she also apparently on a, on a visit to Stamford Bridge, she was being like shown around and she started berating the ground staff for not putting up enough posters of Tiago. <laughs> Were they sacked as well? <laughs> I don't know, yeah. How powerful is she? Yeah, it's pretty, pretty powerful. But, but they meant to have like, posters of Tiago Silva around the stadium. I think it's like, you know, probably like on the approach to the stadium, there's like posters of, I don't know who, T, um, Frank Lampard and whoever else. Yeah. And she's like, where's Thiago? Yeah. The ground staff are too busy painting the plug switches blue. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> At John Terry's behest. Yeah. She also, she also said, uh, I think Chelsea were on another bad run of form and she, she demanded that the club find a silver in attack, one in midfield with what we already have in defence. So she's basically just saying that one of his teammates are shit. Yeah. Everyone she, should be Thiago Silva. Yeah. Again, again, she, she kind of has a point. Yeah. Like, he's not been as good this season though. I don't think he's played very much. Yeah. Has he? But I always have this image of him after matches, like getting an Uber home and he's like in the backseat checking Instagram and he's like, Oh God, what she said this time. And he gets home, like ready to have a go at her and just finds her like passed out on the sofa. There's an empty bottle of 
pale rosé on the <laughs> on the table. She's got like a slab of eighty percent cocoa chocolate melting <laughs> on her cheek. <laughs> He's just like, ah, oh, for fuck's sake, Not again. <laughs> and also then just like arriving at arriving at work the next day, and your your manager's just looking at you, just like. Yeah, fucking wife's been yeah. giving it to me on twitter again did you see they Talking. they have had clear the air talks him and oh yeah so i saw that posh, yeah. posh did an interview and he said we i've i have spoken with him mm. how do you think that conversation went <laughs> can you tell your wife <laughs> to stop slagging me off, off? <laughs> does silver have to be like look it's just her it's not me yeah she was just, talking about someone else yeah yeah just like begging her to just like please you're just making my teammates hate me please <laughs> yeah posh also has been doing some some quite weird uh, like expressions to defend himself in, in the press this week. So he did a press conference that somehow in one sentence, he mentioned the New York and Tokyo stock exchanges, hair loss, rain, the weather and his farm. <laughs> he said, he said to be focused on football, you need to be free in your mind. You can't be affected because of the stock market in New York and Tokyo or the weather in, I don't know where, because the farms cannot grow cereals. And then he says with that, you can lose your hair, but I cannot lose my hair. You kill the business of my family on the farm and they need money. It's like, it's like an AI bot. Yeah. <laughs> like, just well, it's, it's a bit like this sort of, um, what's it called? Like distraction theory. Like, I don't know, you just like basically bewilder people with so much random facts that, um, that yeah. they don't, don't really notice what's going on. And uh, it also reminded me, we talked about this on the uh, Real Madrid Galacticos pod when John Toshak was manager of Real Madrid and he kept translating English idioms into Spanish and thinking that people would understand what they meant. So he was like, you know, if, if pigs fly over the Bernabal this week and everyone just looked back at him like blankly, <laughs> is that what Porsche is doing? Are those like Spanish maybe, sayings? Maybe they are. Something about the cereal stock exchange yeah, and the cereals on my farm. Did you see on Monday, Kyle Walker and Niall Mope had a little spat during the City-Brentford yeah. game? Yeah, really good. So there's a clip where Walker storms over to the linesman and he points at Mope and says, I'm going to knock him out. And the linesman's like, well, please don't do that. <laughs> and, then, and then Walker storms over to the ref and he's like, he spoke about my kids. He spoke about my kids. And then Mope's like, I promise I, I did not. And I think basically what's happened is um, Mope, who's a bit of a shit stirrer, has made some comment about Walker's private life because Walker's family's been in, in the press a bit. This week, there's been some long-running tabloid saga, which, you know, as a sort of high-minded podcast, we've chosen to ignore. We don't, we don't deal with those kind of things. No, but we're going to talk about it right now, <laughs> briefly. Carl Walker, basically, the long and short of it is, Carl Walker was married with a couple of kids. He cheated on his wife with this mistress, Lauren, got her pregnant. His wife then took him back, and now he's got Lauren pregnant again, which is not a great look. He's now fathered six kids. Um, and it's been reported as this, like, big bombshell in the tabloids. Walker's done some big apologetic interview, but it wasn't that much of a surprise because in the summer, Lauren, the mistress was posting on Instagram that she was pregnant with another footballer and his initials were KW, which um, <laughs> wasn't she, she got them, she lined them all up in Man City shirts. Yeah. Well, yeah she had her kids in Man City shirts and it said KW. And I was thinking like, I mean, it's not going to be Rangers Academy keeper, Kieran White. <laughs> so, <laughs> there aren't many footballers called KW. <laughs> I was thinking, is Kyle Walker Peters a bit oh, like... Oh yeah, was he nervous? Yeah. <laughs> He must, in general, find it a bit weird when Carl Walker's getting all this shit, and he's like, Dif "Different Carl Walker." Yeah. Do you think he added the Peters onto his surname as he was as he was breaking through? Just to yeah, it's very football manager regen name, Carl yeah. Walker Peters. Um, <laughs> anyway, Mopes obviously obviously tried to get Walker to do something stupid by mentioning this stuff, and you know, kids is a bit over the line, but 
it's par for the course for Mope. Do you, do you remember like a couple of weeks ago, he got in a fight with um, James Madison. He copied his celebration. And then they had one of those really annoying fights on the pitch where they're both smiling, but they're both like abusing each other. And then he tweeted after the game, rinsing Madison for getting relegated with Leicester, which is like, I, I quite like it because they're always also matey now. It's quite nice when there is a bit of a spat. Yeah. Um, but you know, quite, quite low again. And then do you remember he had a fight with Matteo Guendouzi a few seasons ago, uh, when he was at Brighton, they were playing Arsenal and he wound up Guendouzi so much that Guendouzi strangled him and just goes, I earn more money than you ever will. <laughs> Which had a really good ending because Arsenal then flogged Guendouzi to France and he now earns less than Mopé does. <laughs> Which you could have seen coming. Yeah. So, I mean, on the one hand, I'm like, is Neil Mopé a bell end? It's obviously like a very deliberate strategy. Yeah, he's 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 a classic. Um, when he plays for your team, you love him. And if he doesn't, then he's a complete bastard. It's not actually, those aren't my favourite on-pitch spats though because this story reminded me of during COVID, the row between John McGinn and Sean Dyche. So during COVID, you remember there were no crowds. So the mics were picking up all these like exchanges between players. And there was this bit where Sean Dyche appealed for a foul. And then uh, McGinn just told him to shut up. And then Dyche goes, you've been in the Premier League for one season. You think you're proper big time now, eh? Telling me to shut up. And then McGinn just goes, you've been in the Premier League for six seasons and you're still wearing the same shit coat, you big prick. <laughs> <laughs> Hope you like my accents there. Dyche sounded quite Tyson Fury. <laughs> I don't know what we're getting Credit to Football Ramble podcast for that story. They're the ones who heard it at the time. But that's a that's a proper good yeah, exchange. They, that was that was one of the few bonuses of no fans in the stadium, wasn't it? The uh, yeah, the mics. And do you remember you'd hear the screaming when people get fouled? They'd scream. Yeah, never realised that. Um, anyway, if you if you remember any other good on field spats, do write in. Let us know. Contact at upshot email. We'll spill a few next week. So before we leave you, you've got a rare update from the world of high culture. So you might have heard that Gareth Southgate's reign as England manager has been adapted into into a hit West End play starring Joseph Fiennes, Dear England, it's called. It's been it's gone down really well with critics. Um, you saw it, didn't you? Yeah, I saw it. I yeah. saw it a few weeks ago. It was it was good, good actually. Yeah, once you once you get past the slightly cringy part of somebody dressed up as Deli Ali doing kick-ups on the stage. <laughs> um, it, is, it is actually good. I, I enjoyed it. But before Joseph Fiennes dusts off his waistcoat and preps his acceptance speech for the Olivier Awards, he might want to check out some of the competition because Southwark Playhouse has recently announced a new play entitled Why I Stuck a Flare Up My Ass for England. <laughs> and, uh, and this play tells the the heartwarming real life tale of charlie perry who you'll remember is the uh, england fan who shoved a firecracker up his ass at the at the euros so according to the promotional material for the for the play it explores themes of belonging tribalism and toxic masculinity which you know i, I have, have no doubt that it does but i'm also far more excited to to see how they recreate that video of charlie hoovering up the biggest line of coke I've ever seen while sat on somebody's shoulders yeah. in front of like a baying crowd. <laughs> it's like a mound of powder yeah. on a key, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, yeah, and everyone's yeah. going, ooh. Yeah. yeah. Um, Real last days of Rome yeah, stuff that afternoon. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it was, really was. Everyone lost their minds. <laughs> Wasn't Charlie Perry one, he was jibbing as well, which is when you sneak in without a ticket. Yeah, he was a serial jibber, apparently. Yeah. yeah. But um, after, after his, uh, this photo went viral, the, Son tracked him down and they paid him 
11 grand for, for his side of the story, which is like... 11 grand? Yeah, who says crime doesn't pay. Yeah. Um, and he, he's, he explained, I'd been on the piss since half eight in the morning and had had at least 20 cans of Strongbow. He also said that he banged a load of powder throughout the day. Um, I don't doubt that, having seen actual video footage. Yeah. I mean, even just seeing the firecracker up his ass is probably enough to know. He had quite a lot of powder. Yeah, that's a good <laughs> idea. How do they do coke in theatre? Is it like fake powder? Um, I guess you can get... We'll have to, we'll have to see it, don't we? I swear, Mickey, I swear Mickey told me in TV they use like milk powder or oh, something. Really? Yeah, that, okay. Would that hurt? It's <laughs> <laughs> only one way to find out. Yeah, it's a, it's a one-man show, isn't we'll it? We'll do that on next week's episode. We'll try it. <laughs> of course I'm in. Isn't yeah. it a one-man show, this this. It's thing? a one-man show, yeah. Do you think yeah. Charlie Perry will go to see it? He's a bit so. of a culture vulture, isn't he? I get that impression. So, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> when he's not roofing and banging <laughs> yeah, powder. Yeah. Yeah. It's normally at the the, the Royal Ballet. I think. Yeah. <laughs> I did see Charlie Perry say that he was going to go to Qatar. And then I tried to, I Facebook messaged him before the World Cup to be like, are you actually going to be in Qatar? Because like, can we get some can sort we come? of, <laughs> can, can I spend probably an hour with you? It's about all, all I need. <laughs> That's my limit, especially in Qatar. But he didn't, he didn't see the message because I'd really like to know if he went. And is he going to Germany where he you know, it's probably a bit safer getting up to that sort of yeah. caper. Yeah. Or if, he, if he's listening, if you're listening, Charlie, then... Yeah, this, what, what's he on. doing for the sequel? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But anyway, I think he is a true national hero. So looking forward to hearing his, seeing his story immortalised on the hallowed boards of Southwark Playhouse. <laughs> <laughs> all right. I think that's all we've got time for, isn't it? I think so. All right. Well, thanks a lot for listening. Um, as always, send in your stories, DM us on Twitter or Instagram. We're at Upshot Towers and share us with your friends. We will see you on Tuesday when we are doing the Torre Brothers, aren't we? Yaya and Colo. Yep. It's football's friskiest fraternity, we're calling it. There's some really good stories about the Torre Brothers, which I hadn't actually realised till we researched it. So we'll see you then. Uh, thanks, Zach. Thank you. And thanks for listening. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus... Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.